Hi, I'm Cindy Joe, and welcome to another show of Creativity Inside and Out. On our last show, we had Jeff Miller sax, and boy, he was great, playing guitar and singing and talking about all the musicians he's worked with and he knows. And on this show, we have Roger Parham Brown. He's also a guitarist and a singer. He's also a novelist, and he's going to talk about his books and his approach to writing. And I could keep talking, but I'll let him do that. And he's also going to sing and play for us. So join us for this show. All right, so we are here with Roger. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And Roger, as I said before, he is a novelist and he's a musician. He does a number of things. You do a number of things, don't you? We'll, and we'll talk about this. Yeah, so um, first of all, what we talk about at the beginning of every show is how we first met. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, do you remember exactly where it was? It was on a set, um, but I don't remember what the film was. Yeah. Um, it was called Zeroville. Okay. Yeah. James... Um, I remember the costumes. James who? <laughs> Franco. <laughs> James Franco. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know, I remember before that, and you, you I don't think you'd remember this, um, we had to go for a fitting because it was set in the 60s. Mm-hmm. And we were at Western Costume. Oh, yeah. And they were running behind. They were shooting a bunch of, or fitting for a bunch of productions that day at Western Costume. Mm-hmm. And so there were a bunch of people sitting in the like lobby area. And you had your guitar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I saw you across the way. And then it was taking so long, you just pulled your guitar out of its case. And you just started strumming there in the lobby. And I thought, that is the coolest dude <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> All right, but I did that just to kill time. Uh huh. Waiting around, I always. Did that. Yeah, it was so cool though. And then, and then we ended up working on the same production. Yeah, you because know, it could have been different productions that we were there for. But you know, so and that was great. I went, oh, that that really cool guy is here who had the guitar. Rialto, right? Um, and um, collapsed and he was taken to a hospital and uh, he called me from that hospital and um, that I might come up and visit him and bring him, I think, some batteries or something for his um, radio. And uh, I'd never been to that town before. Yeah. And I, I came up there and uh, um, went to see him and I brought my guitar and, and, and the nurse was so happy because I played a whole concert Aww, for him. Oh, that's and, really nice. Uh, but when I left, 
here's I'm taking you on tell the story. <laughs> um, I, I spoke with him one time, and then the next time he was moved off that, oh. and then the third time, apparently he um, he, he died. Oh, uh -huh. um, and and I and I couldn't find I couldn't get information about it. Right. And it was it was so um, dramatic. And so I um, when I met you, um, you were the only person I had ever known who came from that kind. Of I've forgotten about yeah. that. And, yeah. and you know, I've never been able in all these years to find out. What, what happened? happened I've tried to oh, call that's the sad. hospital. There's no, yeah. there's no records at all. I think it, at the time I even knew the hospital right, that you mentioned right, too, because my dad worked right. at But the hospitals. mysterious thing is, is that he had called me to come up, and I played a concert for him just before he died. Oh. And, and I never saw him again. And, oh. and so my connection with you was taking a long time, <laughs> but it was a, a, a yeah. the mysteriousness because. Um, we were talking about where one came from, and you said, right. oh, I come, and you said, this town, said, oh my God, uh -huh. and then I went into telling you the story about right. how I played this song for him, right. and when I left, the time that he died, and I've never yeah. been able to... I remember that day, we had a lot of time to talk yeah. that yeah. day, too, I remember, yeah. <laughs> while we were sitting there. So let's um, talk about uh, where you were born, yeah. briefly, and um, um, where you were raised. Uh, well, um, I, I was... I, I was born in Philadelphia, but I didn't grow up there. I grew up, uh, uh, I was taken from there when I was just a year old. I grew up in Washington, D.C., um, and, and, uh, and went to school in, uh, in New England. And, um, and after uh, um, school, uh, you know, I w worked for the Boston Globe as a recorder. And oh. I worked for uh, WBZ TV and television. And, uh, then I went down to New York and worked in after um, McCann Erickson in advertising and copywriting. And, 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 and um, then I, I spent um, a, 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 a time afterwards working for the Times Hill Record newspaper down in Middletown, New York. And then there was like up in New Hampshire, and uh, um, my wife and I, my wife was a, a painter, um, we wanted to live someplace where we could just just do our work. And so we chose Mexico, and we went to Oaxaca, Mexico. And, um, what made you think of Mexico? Because you could have gone anywhere. Well, because... We, we thought of lots of places and okay. many different uh, um, places where we could live and, and yeah. um, for lots of reasons um, uh, we chose southern Mexico, Oaxaca, Mexico. Did you know Spanish when you made the choice? Uh, yes. Um, and and um, we um, actually, you know, we moved home. In, uh, in this Indian village, uh, and, and as time went on, we had to, to build other places. Life expanded, and my children were born there. And, and, mm. and, um, but the point of living there was um, my spending, devoting my time to my writing, and 
my wife to the family and, and we were able to, to do that. Um, and we had a, 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 a farm, uh, 10 acres in Walpole, New Hampshire, and a, a, a house there built in 1776. Really? So, yeah, and uh, the pictures of that in, in uh, I think in the photos that okay. are in the video. Um, okay. Um, and uh, we would um, spend, um, in later years, um, you know, half the time, um, in other words, we would uh, spend part of the year in, in, in New Hampshire and part of the year in, 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 in Oaxaca. Those are two very different places. Um, they are in, 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 in one way, in another way they're, they're extremely similar really? because uh, in New Hampshire uh, I lived in the country uh, for, for the same reason as mm. a writer and, and it was beautiful mountain country. And, and you I said was, you had 10 acres was, there? Yes, and I was able <sighs> to ride in the mornings and in the afternoon. Ride horses. In Oaxaca, Mexico, it was the same place, it's in the mountains, mountains is what I've loved my, my mother's people who come from the mountains of North Carolina. That's where I first learned to ride horses. Oh, uh -huh. And horses are everything to me. And so, in, a, in, in uh, many ways, uh, Oaxaca was the same thing. It was a mountainous country and, and it was for the same purpose. We lived in the country where um, we had the necessary kind of isolation for mm -hmm. my wife to paint for me to write. Mm -hmm. um, it sounds heavenly. Yeah. Um, and, and um, but like I said, in the uh, um, I would in the latter years for the children to go to school in in, in New England, we would come back mm -hmm. uh, in the fall. Um, and you have how many children? Um, I had four children, uh, and, uh, and then at, at a certain point, um, uh, um, through my children, uh -huh. who were born in Mexico, we were able to um, buy property in and, 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 and their names. And, and oh. So um, I, I had a business, in, uh, um, which is like maybe six hours south of Oaxaca down at the coast of the uh, uh, Pacific Coast, Puerto Escondido, where I had a business of, uh, which is uh, bungalows and a restaurant and a swimming pool and uh, horseback oh, riding um, uh, and a discotheque, that was all part of it. It was called Jardín uh, um, Escondido. Okay. And um, so I had that business mm -hmm. there and we had the ranch. In, in, uh, in right. um, Let's talk about your horses yeah. and your riding. Yeah. So you said that means everything to you. Yeah, right? I mean, it's like I fell in love with horses as a boy of about seven or eight, I uh -huh. guess, um, in North Carolina for my mother's family. So. And um, I fell in love. I learned to ride and, and uh, just 
I don't know. You know how you hear about girls being horse crazy? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I <laughs> right. was like that. I, I, I was horse crazy at an early age, and I never left it. And then, of course, uh, as the years growing up as an adolescent, I took a lot of riding classes, mm. English riding. And then as an adult, I kept taking riding. Right. Um, and, uh, um, and then in New England, I competed in... Uh, and jumping and, and, and really and so, so so for um, uh, but apart from competition um, uh, I, I just love riding I mean the way the, I, I think um, my connection with a horse it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's a relationship uh, mm -hmm. uh, and um, it's it's mystical. It's beautiful, and um, and I feel. I mean, I, experiences in my writing. I mean, sometimes I would say to myself, um, I guess I almost love writing. Uh -huh. I, mean, I, 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 I care about the things I care about. I like to is writing. I mean, just really, that's my whole life is about being a writer and. And, and, and of course, I, I, I love singing, but horseback riding is, is, is everything. See, it's almost more than anything else in the world to me. Me and horses, yeah. we are not friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's a love-hate relationship with the, you know you either love horses or you don't you don't connect with yeah. them. Yeah. You know. I've tried horseback riding a couple times and it did not, yeah. it did not go well. But I know, yeah, yeah, like, like, you just, you just love it, yeah. yeah. And you said you taught too, right? Yeah, I taught riding and, 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 uh, a lot, and uh, also helped train horses and break horses. And, oh, that's intense. Yeah, and, and everything about riding. Right. Um, oh, I love it. Big with me. I love it. Um, you mentioned the journalism and the novels. Now, you've written how many novels? I've written 10 novels all together, yeah. That's a lot of writing. Well, <laughs> yeah. I've been doing it. That's what I've been doing all my life. That's right. My, that's the only thing I've done. Yeah. Like, you know, I, 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 at 17, um, uh, my English teacher um, let me know that I should be a writer, and uh, I never looked back. I've never stopped since then. That was what you wanted to hear, probably, right? Well, I didn't want to hear it. I was told that. In other words, uh -huh. I wasn't looking for that. I, it, it, um, it, it, it's a hard, long story, but no, I, I, I wrote something in, in, in English class, and. Um, uh, my English teacher, Mrs. Darby B. Weaver, um, had me after school one day and told me that um, that I was to be a writer. Yeah. And that um, she said, from the, when you walk out of this class today, from this point on, you, you shouldn't look at the world the way you used to. When you look at the, when you get on the bus, when you get wherever, you look at the world as a writer. From this point on, and she gave me a what a brilliant teacher.
and and you know, what she t you know that's the reason why yeah. I'm a writer later in in, in, in uh, another um, English teacher uh, uh, she was Japanese named Miss Nikki I wrote something in college and um, she said the same thing and, really? and, and, and so I had people that I mean I guess my before that I mean as a boy my my father, my stepfather, um, always said that that I was to be a writer mm -hmm. and uh, and that I should write books. And so um, at ten, I started my first novel. It was a novel by a boy named Leonard, um, but um, it was based off of my stepfather's story. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, 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 I remember. Yeah. Um, uh, writing that novel. I mean, I didn't, I didn't think it finished, but uh, right. But, uh, but I had ten years of age. Wow. But but it was later, the only act I said in Mrs. Weaver's class. That prior to that, um, my whole intention was because um, my parents had me start music when I was uh, nine years old while I piano. And I had, they got the, the best violin instructor, teacher in Washington, D.C., Professor Levon Jones at Howard University. And so um, I just had this obligation in there because mm. I was going to be a concert violinist or uh, an Episcopal priest, which because we, I was very involved with our church. And, oh, uh -huh. and I was an altar boy and I was extremely. Um, religious and um, and for my mother and for a whole bunch of reasons, um, I wanted to be a priest. Uh -huh. um, uh, something happened in, in, in the eleventh grade in terms of uh, my discovering something about um, adultery on my reverend of the church. Yeah. That um, shook my faith and um, right. um, caused me um, not to yeah. want to continue to be a priest. But up until that time, I had this. So it was either yeah. I was going to be a concert violinist or, or a priest. Or, or a priest. Um, but I didn't. I was disciplined. I, I didn't practice the way I should. I mean, and, and all the time, the teacher always said, "Oh, but he just doesn't practice. I mean, you don't practice." Because your heart wasn't in that, right? Well, it, well, it, was, it wasn't that my heart wasn't in it. It's that uh, growing up in adolescence, one is going through um, such a, um, a jungle of influences, mm. and, and, and um, the things that that one's supposed to attend to, like the lessons in school and this and that, on the periphery, right. because what you're dealing with is all these psychological things, of, and in my life, uh, as many, but in mine, there was tremendous psychological uh, things to be concerned with. And so, all I'm saying is, your, your energy is—it's it, 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 uh, not that I didn't. I want, in fact, it was such a big thing that I just said, "Oh, I do want to do my violin. I do want to practice more. I'm going to." But you know, I just. I, I, I couldn't make myself. Interestingly enough, though, um, a, a, after I, I left home and was off from college and had 
given up. Of course, I'm not going to be a concert violinist because I played in all my school orchestras and stuff mm-hmm. and everything. But I knew by by the time I was in the twelfth grade that I wasn't going to get into the Eastern School <laughs> right. or Juilliard because I just wasn't that confident because I hadn't practiced enough. So obviously that was gone. But interestingly enough, after I'd given it up, out of necessity in college, um, all the music that had been all my life, all those years sitting in a school orchestra mm-hmm. and all, and all my years of listening to music, um, uh, it, it, it just was with me. And so I found myself um, picking up a guitar, taking lessons, um, playing a, a recorder, and I just was just on my own, you know. Uh-huh. And, and, and it's funny, as the years have gone by, you know, um, I, I started really uh, because of my writing. Because uh-huh. I, I, I write very slowly. It's like you just couldn't believe it. You know, you started 8 o'clock in the morning and maybe that 2 o'clock in the afternoon you've written two sentences. It's just, it's just really, really, no, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's, or it's slower than that. But but um, to help me with this process, I started, this is, I guess maybe 40, 50 years ago, because um, I took classical guitar. I would practice um, uh, exercises uh-huh. while I'm, but in other words, I'm writing. While you're writing? I'm writing. <laughs> You love it, but this is the way I work. Right? Yeah. I love it. Oh, oh, okay. I, 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 I'm writing, mm-hmm. and, and, and for like about 20 minutes I'm writing and drinking coffee, and I put things down, and I pick up my guitar, and then I'm practicing things for about 20 minutes, and I'm practicing while I'm thinking. What are you thinking? I put it down, I'm back, I do, I'm right. writing for 20 minutes, boom, boom. I, right. In other words, the practicing um, right. which seems like unrelated, mm-hmm. um, is helping me, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, it's, it's sort of nurturing mm-hmm. in, a, in, a, in a weird way. I get that, um, yeah. And, and, and but, but because of that, that thing that I used to help me with my mm-hmm. writing, it got me into, you know, mm-hmm. on the other hand, I'm, I'm doing the kind of uh, work that I needed to be doing when I was a boy. In other words, right. yeah, so my life is all about um, practicing and practicing and practicing. Right, and your, practicing. Craft. your craft. And, the, and, and it's the same way with the writing. It was yeah. the same way with the horseback riding. Right, right. Words, it's, it's all about yeah. um, uh, bringing yourself in the service of a practice. Yeah. Uh, in fact, if I want to say one thing about um, my uh, intentions uh, when I began uh, as a writer, mm-hmm. um, because I had uh, really important people uh, really early in my life saying uh, that um, um, I was the cat's pajamas, the bee's mm-hmm. knees, the best thing to slice bread. About people who really praised my creativity, uh, so you know, it gave me you know, hope to want to do. But at the same time. From the very beginning and up to this very moment, um, it was never that I felt, oh, for sure I can do something wonderful. It was always because of my love of literature, my love of of, of, of fiction and drama. In fact, my isn't begin- that the way it should be? Well, I don't know. But let me talk about me. Um, <laughs> uh, 
because of, in fact, um, my mother, who, when I was a boy, um, I, she would read a novel, and afterwards, you know, um, she would talk to me about how powerful and beautiful it was, and the novel made her cry, and 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 and, and, and I would think, oh, um, but did you love it? And she loved it. And I thought, oh my God, I wanted to be able to do something, write something that would have that kind of right. effect. Right. And and so um, for the great literature I would read, whether it's G. H. Lawrence or William Faulkner or Tolstoy, all the writers that I loved, um, Dostoevsky, um, Catherine Ann Porter, I could just go on. All the writers that I loved is that. I come to you. Oh my God! There, I would love to do something that 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 dealt with that. So, what I'm trying to say is, for each sentence, for each thing, I'm not writing with. Oh, I know I can do it. It's like, oh God, help me, please. Mm -hmm. I'd like to. Mm -hmm. And so it was with um, the hope that I could just do something. Not that I would, you know write something, something great, oh, uh -huh. but that I could write, contribute mm -hmm. something to do my part mm -hmm. and my little way to, that's acceptable, that mm -hmm. worked. Mm -hmm. And I was taught by other writers and teachers at a very early age that uh, to be able to do that, um, you had to um, practice what you have, mm -hmm. and and it, and it, it, it took a, 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 it's a it's a practice. It's like mm -hmm. it's like a, 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 a nun mm -hmm. um, a, a dedicating herself to the service of God. In other words, and and in other words, I would come to this writing on a daily basis in saying, you know, um, help me, and 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 it's in. And it's in doing it, yeah. in the service of just ticking away, yeah. pinch by pinch by pinch, in whatever little way. And so it's it, what I'm trying to get at is that it's because of my English teacher mm -hmm. uh, and, and these other people saying, uh, this is what you should do. They, would, they, they weren't saying, um, write, go write a great book. They're saying, because you have talent to right. write, you should now put yourself in the service of learning, dedicating mm. yourself to the craft. Kind of honoring it, right, in yeah, a way? Yeah, honoring it, but, 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 but moreover, dedicating yourself to learning the craft. Yeah. So, so in other words, the, the writing process from the first short story to the first novel is as with the novel that I'm mm -hmm. writing right now, it's you know it's almost like a a, a, a conversation with God to help me uh, do what I'm I've been learning about mm -hmm. how to do mm -hmm. with writing and fiction mm -hmm. because I've been working at this craft now right. for I guess sixty years. Yeah, you know. So um, my my emphasis is on the fact that. Um, is like you know when one begins a novel, or, or this person, I should say, because people do it differently. 
um, you, you, you don't um, necessarily um, know um, yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm backing up on how I'm trying to say this but it has to do with the fact that um, it's almost as if you're out even though I, I have a plan I have an outline mm -hmm. and I know I want this to happen and this to happen mm -hmm. with these people etc nevertheless when you begin to launch off it's like you know um, a ship going out to sea and you can't tell this when you get to the shore <laughs> right right and, and you and even though I'm working according to the plan and uh, like this this book here it's yeah a, it's a short book yeah. that you come up with it took 17 years wow. you, you, I begin a plan imagine you 17 years ago you write out an outline in your kitchen table mm -hmm. and you w work with that same plan week after week month after month year after year people are born people are divorced people die people go to college from <laughs> life is going on yeah. right <laughs> but, 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 yeah but 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 think about it I'm saying mm -hmm. while all these things are happening mm -hmm. in my life and other people's life the world's changing I'm still working on a plan mm -hmm. that I began 17 mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, I was saying that when, even though you may, I plan a novel um, really specifically about where I intend to go, still during the, the time that one's writing the novel, whether it's you know, six months or six years, you don't know for sure um, how it's going to work out until you get to the mm. end and so that I'm saying that whole period mm -hmm. while you know you're working on it um, it's really for me like uh, being in a ship out at sea and fog and you don't you don't see the shore until you see it right. you just have to keep going on the faith right. that, that and that's why I was giving the example that, yeah. you know starting on an outline 17 years earlier that's a long time and and all the changes that go on around you within you and about you mm -hmm. and uh, uh, mm -hmm. and you now, still have to be committed to that now plan. your latest novel is the, 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 my latest novel is the song of sylvia okay yeah. and you had suggested uh reading some of it for us will oh, you do that oh I, i'd love to i'll just read the opening uh, okay two pages all right. I know if I wasn't wearing contacts, I'd need those two. <laughs> it's called The Song of Sylvia.
That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. So it's a novel about a marriage, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it's about the, the families of these two people in the marriage, the history of their families. And uh, it's ultimately about her um, response to her husband's sudden death. Okay. And so he's passed away. Not um. at this point. Oh, but okay. That takes place in the midst of the novel. I gotcha. Gotcha. Are all your novels about uh, relationships? Yes. Yeah. All, all, all my novels are about uh, relationships. They're all about <laughs> marriages or, 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 and uh, um, complex relationships and the families from which they come. Right. But my novels are about um, about characters. They're character driven and. and mm-hmm. um, uh, and I have characters uh, in complex situations that um, sort of deal with the questions that, that concern me about God, about death, about mm-hmm. love, and, mm-hmm. and, and about the difficulty of being human. Oh, right, yeah. And. Um, that's what I write about. It's interesting, as a journalist, you wrote uh, nonfiction, right, facts, right. but you can switch gears and write fiction so beautifully. You know, I don't think a lot of people would be capable of doing that. I think you can either, I don't know, I would imagine that most people can do one or the other well. Well, well I, I, I think they're all types. I mean, there, there are lots of uh, journalists who. Um, just uh, have no uh, relation to fiction at all, but there's so right. many um, journalists who are incredible um, fiction writers. So it just, right. just depends on, on the person. But, but um, uh, actually, um, no, I think actually to the contrary, I think it's more likely that uh, uh, people who, um, who write um, Profoundly or intensely about human situations, even if they're writing about nonfiction, uh, they have to do it with the eyes and heart mm. of compassion, and uh, mm-hmm. that's what's involved in literary writing. So, uh, yeah, yeah there, there, there's so many um, great journalists and yeah. great writers too, but, 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 but you know, for a lot of people, they're, they're different. Areas. Right, right. And you um, also, through your journalism, going stepping back a little yeah. bit, through your journalism, you did a lot of traveling right. to other countries. Right. Well, I, I, I went uh, after um, the peace treaty uh, with, uh, in, in El Salvador. Mm. Um, I went with an organization called CISPIS, which was uh, supporting um, uh, uh, Salvadorians. And um, I went to El Salvador, um, and one of the things I was able to do was to interview um, the sole survivor of a massacre that took place in El Salvador, it's called El Masote, it's a town in, in El Salvador, oh my gosh. where uh, almost a thousand uh, Civilians, mostly uh, old people and women and children, were 
crowded into a church and executed in that. It's a famous situation that was written about, um, but uh, in my trip there, I was able to go to uh, this village where she lived and, mm. and get the interview from her. Mm. First hand, that, huh? that yeah. whole experience in El Salvador uh, uh, affected me. Uh, I would imagine, yeah. Family. Yeah. You also lived in, or you went to Romania. I went to Romania because um, after uh, the fall of the dictator Ceausescu and after uh, the fall of communism, um, uh, something kind of strange took place in Europe, uh, particularly in, in Eastern Europe, uh, Romania in particular, um, and that there was this great outbreak of uh, of violence against the Roma people, burning of their villages and just just horrible things was happening to them. Mm. But from a history that from the past, that communism had put a hold on. Communism had had, had, had sort of protected and saved the uh, uh, Roma, which people know of as gypsies. Um, but after communism fell, uh, these old hatreds came back up and. Uh, uh, what I was reading uh, in the New York Times of what was going on with the Roma people was so much like what was going on uh, in the United States in the 30s uh, ah. with Jim Crow and, it, and the way the uh, Romanian people thought and talked about um, the Roma was exactly the same way as had been talked about hmm. uh, Americans uh, here. Um, so I wanted to go um, uh, uh, to Romania to um, find out about it and learn about it, and I wanted to write about it. And so um, I got a job teaching in Bucharest at a yeah. uh, bilingual private school, um, and also teaching at the uh, uh, law school in Bucharest, teaching English there. In the in the in the uh, private uh, school, I. Um, I mean, the uh, prep school, bilingual prep school. I taught English, I taught European history, I taught Spanish, I taught creative writing. But um, I had access to um, oodles of students who um, invited me into their homes and, and, and also the people in the law school. And so that was my purpose of uh -huh. being there. And, in the five years that I was there, um, so much happened. I got to, you know, because uh, I was spent time in, in, in the homes of so many people, mm -hmm. and, and without going into all what was going on in Eastern Europe and Romania at the time, um, I got a lot of it. And I worked with the uh, Roma Association, it was just sort of like a sort of equivalent to um, the NAACP. Okay. For Roma people, and um, they sent me on uh, conventions to Prague and to Spain. And, oh, really? And um, uh, we we wrote uh, political papers and a lot mm -hmm. of things I was involved mm -hmm. with. But but the, the biggest thing for me was um, those five years. Right. To what an incredible experience. About, um, and uh, about. About Romania and and about their relations with Roma and 
uh, religion and God, all kinds of things. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, and the uh, piece uh, in Romania, The Devil Is Beating His Wife, is published by that. That, that can be but that came out of those bad years. Right. And that was published by who? Um, it's uh, published by... Um, uh, I know you sent me a copy uh, of it years ago when we first uh, met. Tra- uh, transition magazine from... That's not that important, but I was yeah, just wondering... Uh, what's the name of the foundation and uh, college? And, uh, it's all that stuff is on yeah. Right. <laughs> right. It's on the website. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Let's transition and a little bit. You can find here. it online. Just look it up. Okay. But in Romania, the devil is beating his wife. Okay. And uh, under my name. And okay. It's easily available. Great. Cool. Let's transition a little bit. Okay. Music. Let's okay. go back to what, what we touched on before with your guitar yeah. and your singing. And are you doing more of that now than ever before? Um, more performing and recording? Um, well, in the last 10 years here, I've been, uh, it's where I've been doing that. And um, uh, yeah, I, I basically I perform at uh, the farmer's market every, in Echo Park. And that's in California. Every, yeah, 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 in, in Los Angeles. Uh-huh. Uh, every Friday in Echo Park from, uh, on Fridays from uh, uh, three to six. You and your guitar, right? Uh, well, yeah, the guitar is just to accompany me. I, I, it's mainly my singing. I'm okay. that much of a guitarist. I'm just basic to accompany myself. And, uh, um, and then I'm at, there's an Asian restaurant called Pine and Crane. Sunset. Uh-huh. And, um, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah, Sunset Boulevard, Los Angeles. I'm there from six to eight. Right. Um, I'll have to come every, out some night, night when you're there. Tuesday, yeah. which are, when they're closed. Right. And um, on uh, Saturdays, I'm at the Silver Lake Farmers Market. From, wow. From uh, twelve to two. You're busy. And on Sundays, I'm at the Apple Farmers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Right, right. Um, and you've recorded and you've done some videos or. Yeah, lots of recordings. We have a, 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 an album coming out. It's all in Spanish. And, uh, oh, when's that coming out? Well, it, it should have been out months ago, but we had to do things about. Licensing, uh-huh. but probably, hopefully, uh, next month. So that'll be March of 2024. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. Um, let's uh, show a couple of those videos. Okay. The first one. Oh, first of all, I wanted to ask you, how do you pick the songs? What kind of songs do you do, and how do you pick them? Okay. Um, it's basically I, I'm, I I do the same songs. I have a repertoire of about 32 songs. And, wow. and I only do, I only sing traditional folk songs, and uh, most of them are anonymous. So uh, I, I try to distinguish people. I don't do covers because <laughs> I'm not doing songs by uh, other artists. I only do folk songs. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. And, um, I, 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 some people think of it 
as of the other artists, for example, I, I do uh, In the Pines, and everybody knows that as something that uh, Lead Belly sang. You know, they say, oh, that's a Lead Belly song. But it isn't Lead Belly. That's a song, uh, one of the traditional folk songs. Oh. Uh, he's famous uh, for, for having, having been one of the people who sung it, and people mostly. But I'm taking all this time to say that I don't do covers, I only do traditional folk songs. Except for the one song Buzz and Fly. Right. Which is by Tim Buckley. That's 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 different. So let's watch the video for In the Pines now. Okay. Okay. In the pine, in the pine, in 
the chill winds blow in the pine, in the pine, in the pine, in the snow, and you shiver. So that was beautiful. What a pretty song. Uh, thank you. Yeah. You know, I was thinking too, these songs remind me of my parents had um, sing along, I had mentioned this the other day, sing along with Mitch Miller right. records. Right. And they did a, folk songs, right. a number of them, like Goodnight Irene right. and stuff. And, um, and it just reminds me of that. I used to sing with those record albums. They were record albums that had the lyrics inside the album. And you could sing along with Mitch, and it was so as a child, hours I spent hours doing that. So, and then there's another video, Buzz and Fly. Yeah, well, that's um, a, a song that's by Tim Buckley, um, very famous uh, artist um, who died early, um, and um, uh, the uh, a director of a film called um, Young Hearts. Um, saw me singing um, in Echo Park in Los Angeles and decided that the film that she was writing about two young lovers, um, she wanted to have me sing that Tim Buckley song in nice. the film. And she wrote the script with that in mind. Uh -huh. And a year later, after it was done, she contacted me and asked me if I would be interested in doing it. And I, I was honored because, first of all, no one's ever done that Tim Buckley song, and mm. it's a great song to do, but the idea was that I was to do it in my way. And she had, she had heard me singing, and she thought my particular style, which is different from Tim Buckley's, would be perfect mm -hmm. for this. So it was, it, sort of a, it turned out, I think, a marriage made in heaven, uh, and uh, um, we recorded it. Uh -huh. Let's watch that now. Just like a buzzing fly coming to your life, I float away like honey in the sun. Whether right or wrong, I couldn't sing that song. That's how I know I found the 
singing, Lord, I can feel it ringing, darling, out your name. Tell me if you know just how that river flows down to the sea. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know Everything about you What makes you smile What makes you wild What makes you love me this way Darling, I want to know Darling, I want to know You're the one I talk about You're the one I think about Everywhere I go But sometimes, honey, in the morning, I miss you so. That's how I know I've found a home. That's how I know I've found a home. Oh, walking hand in hand, all along the a seabed knew your name He knew your love was growing Lord, I think it knows it's flowing Through you and me Ah, oh, damn it, darling When I should leave Ah, oh, damn it, darling Just like a butterfly coming to your life I float away like honey in the sun Was it right or wrong? I couldn't sing that song anyway yeah, But darling, I remember how the sun shone down how it warmed your friend's smile When all the love was there You're the one I talk about You're the one I think about Everywhere I go But sometimes in the morning Honey, I miss you so I miss you so I miss you so I miss you so, darling. I miss you so. I miss you so. I miss you so, darling. I miss you. I miss you so. I miss you so, darling. I miss you. I miss you so. I. Darling, I miss you. I miss you so. Darling, I miss you so. I miss you so. I miss you so. Darling.
wow, that really is well produced and well recorded. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really well done. You know, I wanted to ask you, what does, when you sing the songs, they seem to come from deep within you. What do they mean to you emotionally? Well, I would say all the songs that I have chosen, um, in my view, are songs that deal with the the human condition. Mm. Just like you're writing, right? Right. And and in in that sense I think that my songs are really are an expression of my view as a writer. Oh, okay. Um, and so I think you know, when people say that um, they feel an emotion in my mm-hmm. singing, because that's what it's all about. I, um, what I do with folk songs, as any folk singer, I interpret. It's all about interpretation. and. Uh, so in the way that I interpret the songs, um, it's actually my, it's a, it's a spiritual voice about the human condition. So all, all the songs um, speak to that. Right, right. Do you feel that you get feedback from your audiences when you sing well, live? Um, uh, it's... Um, I saw a video that, that you've posted of you singing somewhere outdoors and you were setting up yeah. and there were children oh, yeah. coming around you yeah. and they just looked like they were so intrigued with what yeah. you were doing and I thought, wow, do you feel that you're influencing? Yeah. A lot of, um, for example, I, I, I play, as I said, um, at these uh, three different farmers markets here in Los Angeles uh, every week. And so, um, what it means is I have a, an audience that comes in, in many ways, repeating audience. Oh, nice! Week. Yeah. So people come um, uh, every week. Uh, I mean, there are new people all the time from everywhere. But there's a, a steady people who've been hearing me and listening to me for years, and they have the and and so many of them uh, are with their children, and so many. Uh-huh. Of the, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of people bring their children, and that's that's one of my larger audiences. Oh, that's so nice. They were right up close to yeah, you, yeah, and yeah, yeah, like they yeah. couldn't wait for you to start yeah, playing the, and singing. The children uh, come uh, enthusiastically all the time. All right. It's one of the biggest rewards. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Well, I think we're about out of time. Um, will you play and sing for us? 
Oh, that would be an honor. That would be fantastic. And before we do that, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you wanted to mention? No, I can't think of anything. <laughs> All right. Thank you for yeah. inviting me. Oh, thank you for being a guest. I ask my love to take a walk Take a walk Just a little walk Down beside Where the waters flow Down by the banks Done. 
she would not be my bride and only say had you been mine had it down beside where the waters flow down by the banks of the Ohio That's on the banks of the Ohio. It's a traditional American folk song. Salias un templo un día llorona cuando pasa yo te vi Salías un templo un día llorona cuando pasa yo te vi hermosa huipil llevaba llorona que la virgen te creí hermosa huipil llevaba llorona que la Virgen te Ay de mi Llorona, Llorona de un campo lirio. Ay de mi Llorona, Llorona de un campo lirio. El que no sabe de amores, Llorona, no sabe lo que es materio. El que no sabe de amores, Llorona, no sabe lo que es materio. No sé qué tienen las flores, Llorona, las flores de un campo santo. No sé qué tienen las flores, Llorona, las flores de un campo santo. Que cuando las mueve el viento, Llorona, parece que está llorando. Que cuando las mueve el viento llorona, parece que está llorando. Ay de mi llorona, llorona, llévame a río. Ay de mi llorona, llorona, llévame a río. Tapa 
we come to Ramosa, your honor, porque muy muero de frío. Tapa me con tu rabosa, llorona, porque muy muero de frío. That's la llorona. <laughs> she, uh, there's a story about her. Um, her husband uh, left her for another woman, and um, when she saw him uh, one time in the village uh, with another woman, she took her two children and committed suicide. And that's the story of La Llorona. La Llorona. Uh, she cries. You, it's a, it's a tale in Mexico that People talk about it. You can hear La Llorona crying through the mountains. <laughs> But me, but 
like to say thank you to Roger for being here today. Thank and you for having me. It's been a delight. Oh, oh, thank you. And uh, gosh, your singing is gorgeous. Your, your, your insightfulness with being a writer. Oh, thank you. <laughs> is wonderful. It is wonderful. And I'd also like to say thank you to Aaron Buck for welcoming us into his home here in Anaheim. He's part of our team. And uh, he said, hey, come shoot at my house. And uh, we're very thankful for that. And uh, your website is rogerparmbrown.com. Okay. Can you spell it out? Uh, just R-O-G-E-R-P-A-R-H-A-M. B-R-O-W-N dot com. Great. RogerParhamBrown.com. And people can find your videos and your music on there, your bio, all yes. that kind of thing. Um, is there, there are videos and a bio and um, uh, CDs for sale. Right. And people can also get your books and your music on? Um, actually, you can get my last novel, which is The Song of Sylvia, at Vroman's Bookstore in Pasadena, also at Story's Bookstore in Echo Park. But you can easily get it, of course, on Amazon. On Amazon. And, yeah. and your music, too, right? Yes, my music, too. Right. And Roger Parham Brown. But the novel is The Song of Sylvia. It's a love story. Right, and those are in California. Those stores are in California. So our next guest will be Lana Romoff, and she will do collages. That's what we decided they're called earlier yes. when we were talking about it, right? Collages with paper. She does beautiful artwork. It's fantastic. So join us for that. See you there. Thank you for watching and or listening to Creativity Inside and Out. I do recommend watching my show if you can, because it's really tailored toward being a visual show. It's available on YouTube. Just search for Creativity Inside and Out and look for the light bulb logo. If you do listen to the show, go to https colon slash slash creativity-inside-and.captivate.fm slash listen.
There you will find a variety of places where you can listen, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Enjoy watching and or listening. And please, if you would, follow the show and subscribe. That really means a lot to me. Thank you.